Do you miss going to a parade, Bill? Uh, yeah. Do you? No. <laughs> no, there's nothing good about going to a parade. Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 12, and we're calling this one the 4th of July episode, While You Were Working. Hello, that was my husband Bill, and my name is Winnie, and we are the owners of Quiet Shutter Fine Art and Photography. The way we like to do our podcast is I will post nine photos to our Instagram account, Quiet Shutter Photo. And then we'll go through those pictures and talk about the story behind the picture, what's going on there, sometimes what went into making that picture. Um, and you can follow along by looking at the pictures on our Instagram account or maybe checking them out later. Uh, before we get going, I want to thank Anchor Podcasting. Anchor is a free podcasting platform that you can access from the web or from a smart uh, phone app. It's pretty easy to use if we can do it. You can do it too. Also, we're going to thank our son, Andy, of Outdoor Andy TV on Twitch and on Instagram for hooking us up with a good sound system. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. All right. So today, Bill has not seen any of our pictures that we're going to be talking about today. She has so, me blindfolded. <laughs> well, he's not blindfolded now. He'll be able to look at the pictures as we talk about them. And it's, as Bill said, it's our 4th of July episode. And the thing about Bill and the 4th of July is that he never gets to really celebrate the 4th of July because he's always working. Yep. How many years have you worked in the baking industry, Bill? 38. 38 years. In the very early days, the uh, bakery that you worked at it was an in-store bakery and they were not open on Sundays. So if the 4th of July fell on a Sunday. We would get the day off. You had the day off. And I remember a couple when our kids were really little that you actually had the 4th of July off. And I, there are pictures somewhere as evidence <laughs> of you and I and our kids and your sister and their kids, all when the kids were little, at a 4th of July parade in Sheboygan, Michigan. That was a long time ago. But that was a long time ago. And even though you get home from your bakery job early in the day, you're exhausted. Right? Yes. You don't Most have of to the act, time. You don't have to act exhausted now. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a memory. <laughs> well, it's not that far off a memory. Today is... July 6th. So we've just made it through another 4th of July. And this very first picture, what do you see, Bill? Mm. I see me sitting at a table in the dining hall at Park of the Pines. And how do you look? Kind of tired. You look very tired. So this is a picture. I don't know that this was exactly a 4th of July 
proper, but it was close to that date. And it was um, a, a family reunion weekend that my family had at Park of the Pines. And I remember taking this picture. You're still wearing your work clothes. Yep. So you must have just got home. Probably, yeah. And you sat down, you've got a cup of coffee sitting in front of you, and you look like you're going to fall asleep sitting there at the table. Yeah, I don't know what they, what year that was, but uh, I think I probably look like that quite a bit after the 4th of July. Tell me, tell us what it's like to be working, um, and you manage a bakery that's in a grocery store, mm-hmm. in a tourist town. Yes. So. Tell us a little bit what it's like to be on the other side, not as a tourist, not as a consumer, but as somebody working on the 4th of July. What's that feel like? I wish I was on the other side. (laughs) I was just going to say, don't use any four letter words. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's it comes with the job, so you get used to it, but it's very resentful usually because. You'd love to be out and celebrating and being able to have a picnic instead of making all the food for everyone who's going to come and take it off the shelf quicker than you can make it. And uh, um, I I just always feel like people don't understand if they're not in the service industry or they just don't understand what goes into everything that's just sitting on a shelf somewhere. So... um One thing I think that about working on the 4th of July is that people are, people who are there to have fun, have big expectations, you know, either they're visiting the area or they have a summer home in the area or, or maybe if they live in the area year round, but they're lucky enough to have the 4th of July off, they've got expectations for their holiday and having to run into the grocery store to buy what they need is a little bit of an inconvenience and they just want to hurry up and get what they need and get out on the boat or out to the lake or out to wherever they're going to have a good time. And I think, and I'm probably guilty of this. Sometimes I think we forget to stop and recognize that some people don't have that privilege and we should maybe give them a little extra attaboy for for being there and working on, on a day when most people get to go have some fun. So that's my preachy part of the day, right? The best attaboy you could have is understand that you, you guys should be close today. Why aren't you celebrating the holiday like the rest of us? Yeah. How would you feel if somebody actually said that to you, though? Wouldn't you feel like, well, if you weren't in this store? <laughs> yeah, the fact that you come in here means that my boss is going, well, we've got business, so we've got to be open. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a good thing to say to somebody working on the 4th. I think it'd just be good to say thank you for working on the fourth. Yeah. And you do get that every once in a do while, you? but not, not very often. It's usually, Hey, why don't you have enough hamburger buns? <laughs> I know that, um, you know, I, I even fall short of being sympathetic enough for someone who has to work on the fourth. I have not had to work on the fourth a lot in my lifetime in my career. And um, I always felt like, you know, let's wait for dad to get home and he'll be home soon. And and then we can go have a picnic or we can maybe go do the fireworks tonight. And I would forget that, yeah, you get home a little earlier in the day, but you got to go to bed early because you got to go back to work early in the morning. And 
So even though you might have some of the day when you're not at work, you're just so exhausted as this picture shows that you really don't feel like doing anything. No, not only that is you don't get paid anything extra for working a holiday in a lot of places. That's a, a misnomer that a lot of people don't understand either is um, I just now for the last six years have worked in a place that actually has a union. So we do get holiday pay, but the 30 years before that, it was just another day that you were expected to be there and be there as long as we needed to because it was an important day. For straight time. For straight time. Yeah. Yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah. So there's that. So I am Canadian. Um, I am a, um, what am I, Bill? I'm a legal alien. You're a yeah, permanent <laughs> resident legal alien. But I am not an American. I didn't grow up in the United States. So in Canada, we celebrate uh, the 1st of July, and we call that Canada Day. Uh, when I was growing up, it was also referred to in the earlier days as Dominion Day. Um, so I looked up just to make sure that I had everything correct as to why we celebrate the 4th of July, also known as Independence Day. And it's the day that we celebrate the Declaration of Independence. And I'm sure you knew that, Bill. Yep. When the original 13 col colonies um, separated from Great Britain. But did you know that the Declaration of Independence actually was signed or came into being on July 2nd? But it wasn't passed by Congress until July 4th. And the original creators of the Declaration of Independence really thought that July 2nd was going to be the day that would be famous. But well, as usual, things don't go as you plan. Exactly. Exactly. So we have seen the original, one of the original copies of the Declaration of Independence. So go to the next picture, Bill. Ah, yes. Do you remember this place? This is in. in Washington, D.C. And uh, yeah, this picture, this is the. This, this is, is the, the National Archives. Right. I think this was might have been the Constitution Hall or. They call it the Rotunda. Rotunda. Okay. In this picture, the on the outside edges of the room, if you can look at this picture, there are several documents that are under glass that you can walk around and in if you look at the center of the picture, the, the people that are looking at the documents with the guards on both sides of them is the actual cop. Some some of the original documents of the independent uh, Declaration of Independence is a very faded um, document, kind of tattered document. Yeah. That, uh, so when we were in Washington D.C. a few years ago for a wedding, um. It was the first time that we'd ever been to D.C. Had you ever been to D.C. before, Bill? Nope. And um, all of the national museums in Washington, D.C. are free to go into. And we had um, we had squeezed several into that weekend. We went to the Holocaust Museum. We went to the National Portrait Gallery. Um, and we had gone somewhere to have breakfast and we were walking around and I really needed to find a restroom. <laughs> and so we popped into the first building we could find, which happened to be the National Archives, just so I could use the restroom. But then we decided, well, we're here. We might as well have a look. And so 
yeah, you go into this rotunda and actually in this picture, the room looks pretty bright, but it's not really that bright in real life, eh, Bill? No, it's not. I thought you must have brightened this up in Photoshop or something because... I just actually stole this picture from the internet. Uh, Because with the pictures we have, it's it's a very dimly lit, lit room because... The documents are so old that they're really worried about them fading out because of the light. Right. So the room is, is the lights are low. The documents are behind glass or plexiglass, and I'm sure it's treated for UV yeah. filter. Now, but probably wasn't for a long time. Right. And um, the guards were saying, or one of the guards was talking about that the building itself in that rotunda is reinforced against, you know, potential attacks or bombings, whatever. Yeah, the walls are extremely thick and it's quite a fortress. Actually, I think that he said it was uh, protected better even than the White House. He may uh, have said that. He probably shouldn't yeah, have said that. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't but. have said that. But anyways, <laughs> it's it's protected. They, you know, treat these documents like they are fine diamonds. Yep. What were the other documents there besides the... Uh, well, this is a Declaration of Independence, and then there is the U.S. Constitution in a different room. Was it in a different room? Because there was all different documents around in this rotunda that okay. were important. Um, the different articles are written out. Oh, the articles, yeah. Of different, uh, yeah. Yeah, all the important documents are, anyways, are in this building. So, um, so the Declaration of Independence is the most important document, though. And has the place of honor at the front of the building. Do you want to talk about what the guard said when people were getting their face down too close to the... So, yeah, this is pre-COVID, mind you, but um, the guard was telling passersby that uh, don't try not to touch this thing because last week there was a lady in here that actually kissed the glass of this and I told her she should go wash her face out because there's so many people to go through here. You don't know what kind of germs you just kissed. And she got so mad that she reported me. And I don't care because I was only trying to help her health. Isn't that funny that, I mean, at the time I did think, because you could see on the plexiglass fingerprints. Oh, yeah. And smears, yeah. you know, where you know, people, people had touched put their it hands all over everything. Out. Yeah. Why would you ever kiss anything that was in a public area right. like that? Well, what surprised me is that they didn't have when you go to an art gallery, generally they have like a, a laser uh, alarm system or something. Right. If you get if too you close. Step too close to the artwork, it it there's an alarm of so, sorts or right. a little ding or a bell right. or Something yeah. to draw your attention to the fact that you are too close to the artwork step back. That's primarily why the two guards are right there so that you. Yeah, but don't, don't you do think that, they would have they something still... like that just so that people would maybe. One would think. And also, yeah. how many times a day do they have to go and wipe down that plexiglass? Because it's got to be such a oh, smeared up mess. Hourly, probably. Yeah. And then, since then, with us living through a national pa- or a global pandemic, I, you know, I would walk around with my hands clasped behind my back. So I yep. wasn't even tempted to, no touch, need to anything. touch anything here. Yeah. But you know what? I'm glad I had to go to the restroom that day because I'm glad I can say that I actually saw the original. You know, there's only 16 copies that are known to be in existence of the Declaration of Independence. 
How come we don't have one of them? No, we no. don't want one. Wouldn't that be great to go to a thrift store and buy yeah, a guess what old I picture found on the back and open of it up? A... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, life would change after that. Yeah. All right, so let's go to the next picture, and I want you to describe what it is. Well, the next picture is a little girl, probably in a parade, I'm assuming. Yeah. With the, looks like the crown of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. So um, I don't often get to go to a 4th of July parade anymore because you're not here and I generally don't want to go by myself. But um, some years now that we are living and working at Park of the Pines, which is a church owned camp that has uh, youth camps, some years the youth, one of the youth camps will fall over the 4th of July. And if that happens, they try to make a float and put it in the parade. And then I maybe get to tag along as paparazzi and get their pictures. So this picture was from a 4th of July parade in Boyne City a few years ago. And if you like to take pictures, taking pictures at a 4th of July parade is such a good opportunity. If the sun is shining, there's a lot of color, there's a lot of characters, there's a lot going on, um, lots to take pictures of. So I just had a ball. Um, and this little girl was just priceless. She's, how old do you think this little girl is? Seven? Mm, or younger. Six? She's yeah. a little girl. And she's dressed up as the Statue of Liberty. I'm trying to decide if this is a homemade costume or a store-bought costume. Hmm. Looks, I'm going to say homemade. But it looks pretty good. For homemade, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but look at the detail in that crown. It's got... Who knew? The cutouts for all of the little windows around the top of the head and felt behind that. And the little girl, she looks hot and sweaty and maybe tired. <laughs> and look, she looks like she's got her hand up like she's waving, but it's like, I'm, tired I'm done with this. I might start using only part of my fingers pretty soon. <laughs> but look at down her arm. I don't, I wonder if she's got yeah. marker markers on her arm like she drew on herself. But maybe not that day. Maybe a few days maybe before. Been, yeah, there's been a body painting class she was at earlier <laughs> in the week. Not quite scrubbed off yet. Yeah. She definitely looks hot, though. Definitely. That's the other thing about a 4th of July. It's, it's usually sweaty. It's usually sweaty. I, I am not sure how anxious I'm going to be to go to a, a big crowded gathering like that post-COVID pandemic down the road. I. You know, I never thought anything about weaving my way through a big crowded shoulder to shoulder crowd before, but I might think differently about it now. So um, it was hot this 4th of July. I don't have any photographs for it, but we, um, you obviously worked on the 4th of July, but we did manage to um, make it to a friend's 4th of July backyard party. And it was so hot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had a great time, but everybody there was just dripping sweat. Yeah. It was one of those days where it was hot and humid and no wind. And there was no wind, even though we were on a lake. Yeah. And there was no wind. I felt bad for our hosts and hostess. Um, Dave was manning the grill and it must have been so hot to stand in front of that grill. Yeah. Flipping pork chops. and Yeah. Ugh. Yep. They tasted delicious, but I was glad I wasn't the one cooking them. 
Do you miss going to a parade, Bill? Uh, yeah. Do you? No. <laughs> no, there's nothing good about going to a parade. So you're not, you don't find them fun. Nothing about a parade. Only if you have a kid. That's well, if on our a float, children right? went in, we're in it. Yeah. But other than that, I guess, I guess if you want to people watch, it could be entertaining, but. It's fun with a camera. Yeah. I've never been able to have a camera to take pictures. And now we have cameras and. You can't get there. I never get there. Usually I get out of work about the time the parade has started or just after it's done. So so you um, get out of work and you're anxious to get home and you probably have to sit in traffic while the parade goes through. Yeah, it's like. A, oh, that would or, suck. Or usually you're. It seems like always that they start a parade with all the the line of the parade about where you want to. You got your car parked. So then you're fighting that whole crowd to get out of town before the parade starts. And yeah. We've ended up in parades before. We have. Not 4th of July parades, but when we were new to Boyne City, we had been out of town one um, day and, and drove back into town in the evening. And as we were trying to drive through the downtown street, it was, we were held up in traffic, which was weird. It's a yeah, small we were town. Like, what the and, heck's going on? Yeah, what's and there were, then we noticed people lined up on the street, and then we realized that the local high school football team that had been playing in the playoffs had just arrived back home to a hero's welcome and parade downtown, and there we were, smack dab in the middle yep. of it. So you know what you do when you're stuck in the middle of somebody else's parade? You beep your horn beep and your you horn wave your and hands. wave your hand and just <laughs> smile. That's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, go to this next picture, Bill. I'm going to see if you can figure out why I included this picture in our episode today. It was National Mermaid Day? <laughs> no. All right, describe the picture. This is a picture of uh, a bride and groom kissing on the beach here at Park of the Pines. And this wedding took place on, on the 4th of July. On the 4th of July. So this Canadians. was Canadians. Yeah, they were Canadians, too. Um, this couple wanted to get married at Park of the Pines, and it turned out that the Saturday they wanted was 4th of July. So I don't know that they realized what a difficult day that might be. Nope. Um, probably not. Probably not. And also, do you, you may not remember this part of the story, but um, it was the 4th of July, and we had a youth camp that was actually leaving the grounds that day. It was their last day. All the kids were getting picked up, and they were leaving. And then the wedding was coming in after they left yes. for that evening. So it was a crazy switch over from one It was group a crazy switch over. Yeah. And in the middle of the camp, getting ready in the morning to pack up and clean up and, and uh, get ready. Do you remember what happened? Day? That was the day uh, that the power, the went, power out. went out. Yeah. I was at the house. I'm not sure where you were. You had gotten home from work and I don't know whether you hopped on the tractor to mow grass and or what the deal was, but all of a sudden I heard a boom. And yeah. honest to God, it sounded like a rifle. You thought a gun had shot. I thought somebody I had thought brought a gun to camp. I thought something terrible had happened. And so I jumped out of the house and ran over to find out what was going on. And you and one of the counselors were already on it. And um, the counselor that was with you was a man, gentleman who had worked 
for the power company. The power company. And he heard the sound and he knew exactly what it was. What did he call it? He called it a shotgun blast. And it was a shotgun power out. Power shotgun outage. power outage. Yeah. Which means that uh, when the, it makes the sound like a shotgun going off, but it was a transformer that blew up actually is what happened. Yeah. And he said he started circling around all the different electrical poles as you guys came up upon them to inspect what was going on. and. Uh, you look for the part of the transformer that has blown apart, right? There's a, or come undone. There's a throw breaker that usually goes off when the power is interrupted. So yeah. you spotted that. Yep. And then Ron was circling the pole and he said, it's usually because of a squirrel. And sure enough, we found a squirrel. There was a dead squirrel on dead the ground. Dead as a doornail. I wish I could have found that picture to include today, but it's been such a long time ago now. I don't know where the picture is, but that squirrel was dead and his eyebrows, eyelashes and whiskers were all curled in they, perfect they, corkscrews. They literally with his little whiskers were curled like three times in a big twist. It was the funniest thing in the world. Oh my gosh. It was like a cartoon. <laughs> I thought that only happened on cartoons when, when uh, the road runner and the coyote, when the coyote got electrocuted, that his yeah. hair would all turn curly, but that's what really happens. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. So that was that was such a crazy day for us. So you'd worked a long day and then you and I had to facilitate a quick turnover from one big event to another event and get it prepared for this wedding. Plus, we were the photographers for the day. Yeah. Yeah. So that was exhausting for me. I must have been super exhausting for you. Yep. Don't plan a wedding on the 4th of July. That would be my best advice. Not a good plan. <laughs> They had a beautiful wedding. It was a small wedding. It turned out great, but it was I mean, great. It was, yeah. yeah, a little chaotic. And it us. was hot. It was a hot day. Yeah, it was. All right. Let's see. The next picture. The next picture. What do you see? Our daughter, Lauren, and her husband, Cole. Um, Cole's got his hand over his heart. So I'm, what do you think's happening? I'm assuming that... The, Pledge of Allegiance or flags going by. I can see that he's looking on the street and I can see in the sunglasses reflection of somebody walking by him. So. Oh, you can see a reflection in his sunglasses. Yeah. Okay. Well. I'm well, assuming they're at the Horton Bay parade. Yes. A couple of years ago, this was before Lauren and Cole were married. Um, they were here visiting, happened to be over the 4th of July. And so... Um, it was just Lauren and Cole and I, Bill was at work. And I said, do you want to hit up a parade? There's a traditional good size parade in Boyne city, or there's a little parade that happens in this little community called Horton Bay. That's not far from here. And uh, the Hort I, I had never been to the Horton Bay parade before this, but I've always heard that the Horton Bay parade is filled with satire and political humor. So not necessarily your traditional 4th of July parade. So we were game for going and seeing what that was all about. Sure. So in this picture, um, the parade was just getting going. And I believe they did start the parade with, um, they played the um, national anthem. Okay. And I think they pay, played it over just, a you know, somebody's fairly weak. Boombox. Amplifier by the Horton <laughs> Bay General Store. 
but it's such a small parade and the whole crowd is right there. And so everybody stood and I was proud to see Cole put his hand over his heart. <clears throat> Maybe he was just shocked at what he was seeing coming down the street. No, I because I think that the parade came from the other direction. He was looking over at the store and whoever was. Uh, you know what? Maybe they even had, now that I'm thinking more closely about it, they may have even had somebody sing along with the music. Oh. Because that no. might be what you're seeing in his glasses is, is the, the is soloist. The soloist in the middle of the street. In the middle of the street. Well, there yeah. you go. Another mystery solved. Yeah. You should have been there. I should have been there. Okay, let's move to the next picture, Bill. All righty. And tell me what you see. Some guy wearing a red, white, and blue wig holding a sign that says Horton Bay is for lovers. <laughs> it really is. They got all kinds of uh, handmade signs for the parade here, I see. You know, I could have I could have done the whole episode about the Horton Bay parade. The Horton, <laughs> the Horton Bay parade is is comical. And um, I didn't realize the people who live in Horton Bay or have summer cottages in Horton Bay, it goes back generations and generations. So it's a pretty tight community. Right. Um, I, when you say that, it makes it sound like they're maybe not open to new people, but I don't, I don't know that that's the case. I don't think that's the case, but um they have traditions that go back a long ways and everybody seemed to know what to expect out of the parade. Um, Horton Bay is famous for another reason, Bill. Do you want to say what that is? The general store? Nope. Um, tapas? Tapas on Thursday and Friday <laughs> night at the, the general, general store. store. <laughs> uh, I'm Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway used to spend time, used to spend in, time in Horton Bay, Bay, Michigan. Yes. And his first marriage was at a uh, place called... A cottage. Cottage called... Do you remember the name Shang of it? Shangri-La. Shangri-La, which I thought only one existed, but I've seen several since then. But this is the Shangri-La in Horton Bay, Michigan, where Ernest Hemingway was married for the first time. And we don't know enough about Ernest Hemingway to, I mean, we should know the name of his first wife. I don't. Mrs. Hemingway. I'd have to look it up. Mrs. Hemingway. I'm going to say Gladys. No. <laughs> no, Anyways, I have no idea. Ernest Hemingway loved Northern Michigan. He loved Horton Bay. He loved, um, Horton Bay is on Lake Charlevoix. He also loved Walloon Lake. And there are still Hemingways that own properties on Walloon Lake. Right. Which isn't very far from where we live, too. Right. And it is said that Ernest Hemingway loved northern Michigan so much that he once walked from Chicago to northern Michigan. I can't even imagine. That might be a story. Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> in any case, there's always a little bit of Ernest Hemingway flavor in the parade. I remember there was one, uh, there was a gentleman who was pulling a little red wagon that was filled with stuffed cats. Ernest Hemingway evidently had a thing for cats. 
And so it said it was um, Ernest Hemingway's six-toed cats in the wagon. (laughs) And there was a lot of political um, back and forth in the parade. And it was actually, it was fun. It was a fun parade. um, I wish that maybe someday that you can get a 4th of July off or figure out how to get home even earlier in the day and we can go to the Horton Bay Parade together. I think you'd have fun. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that one. So um, let's go to our next picture. Okay. And if a picture doesn't say, I love America, I don't know what does. Captain America. Captain America. So tell us what we see in this picture. This is a picture. This must be the Boyne City Parade. This is the Boyne City Fourth of July Parade. I see Captain America walking away from the picture. He's high-fiving little Captain America. I was really disappointed in Captain America. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a a grown man in a Captain America suit. And the suit is padded and uh, stitched in a way to make him look like he has rippling muscles, right? That's Yeah, that's what's implied. Yeah. (laughs) On the front side, you know, it was was padded and stitched in a way that he looked like he had a great six-pack. Yeah. But they... uh, you know, whoever makes the suit forgot to do a little modeling on the rear end side because <laughs> <laughs> this Captain America has a pretty flat butt. <laughs> yeah, there's only so much you can pad. There was a Captain America. There was a, a Superman. There were several superheroes that were in the parade that year. Uh. And I loved watching them as they, you know, in this picture, Captain America is high fying a young lad on the sidelines who's wearing an all-American top hat and red, white, and blue clothes. Um, On the opposite side of the street, there was a couple of um, adult special needs um, men, and they were so excited to meet their superheroes. (laughs) And that was sweet to see. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was fun. It's so fun to watch the kids on the 4th of July. You know, I don't, what age do you lose that innocence where you're just happy to put on a goofy looking pair of sunglasses and a dumb hat and go to a parade with your parents and just in thoroughly enjoy yourself without being conscious of how you look or what people will think? It just depends on the kid. Some kids like Captain America obviously never grew up. (laughs) Captain America himself. He's probably 40 years old. <laughs> or 70 years old. Yeah, go to it Las Vegas. It might have been his suit that fit him when he was 40, and now he's 70, and things he just don't line butt. up anymore. <laughs> that scene doesn't go where it used to. I would say 10 years old and younger, kids are still fun sure. to do that yeah. stuff. Yeah, You start getting into those teen years, and they're just too cool for words. Yeah. But I think that's teenagers are... Uh, they're tough. Tough, yep. There was um, a lot of uh, kids in the parade on bicycles. I think that they invite kids on bikes to be in the parade. You decorate your bike and wear your patriotic colors. And um, yeah, I had a lot of pictures of the of the Boyne City Parade as well. I could have filled up a whole podcast episode with those two. Um, but another very hot day, very, right. very hot day. And so I was there on the sidelines trying to capture pictures of when the camp float went by. And uh, so I was running around taking pictures of everything and talk about hot. Holy cow. 
And so if you go to the next picture, this, I've talked about this already leading up to this picture. Here's, why don't you describe it, Bill? It's the Park of the Pines 4th of July float. So the camp that was at the park over the 4th of July was a senior high camp. So high school age kids. And you know how you and I were just talking about how once they're past about 10 years old, they are too cool for words. Yep. Most of the campers who were, you know, anywhere from 14 to 18 years old were sitting on the float. Right. And who do you see that's walking alongside of the float from that the group? The counselors. The counselors. Some of the counselors, and, yeah. And one of the counselors has a cane. One of the oldest camp counselors, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's got a cane. In his 60s. And, and he walked the whole parade route. Two of the director's children who are not teenagers look like they're 45 or 75, 105 years old. <laughs> they were hot. <laughs> they looked pretty tired. Yeah, the campers were all just pretty much riding the float. Now, there was a few energetic campers. They had started, this is at the end of the parade route. Yeah. And like I said, it was a super hot day. And they may have wanted the campers to be on the float so they could keep track of them. Yeah. That's in probably, fairness. They probably were. They were trying to keep them gathered yeah. as closely as possible. Right. In fairness, they may not have wanted the campers to not be on the float. Sure. Um, but they had started out the parade route with like 250 or 500, I don't remember how many flyers to hand out to the crowd that that explained what Park of the Pines is and about our youth camps and whatnot. And by this point in the parade, they had given out all of their flyers. And um, so they were tired and they were hot. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure when they got back to the campgrounds, they went right in the water and went Swimming for swim. time. Yeah. So their parade had on it... Um, one of our tandem kayaks mm -hmm. that is written on the side of it for, for identification purposes, Park of the Pines, written in Sharpie marker, not even very glamorous, but it showed that, that was said Park of the Pines. Um, they have a Christmas tree. <laughs> I guess it's because it's Park of the Pines. That's why they put the tree on there, right? Yeah, it's got 4th of July decorations on it, it looks like. You can't see it in this picture, but the front of the picture had a wooden cross on it like we have a, a, a cross made out of old tree uh, trunks down by our campfire site and the kids actually had they did this two years in a row that the fourth fell during their camp mm -hmm. and they did put a float in the parade two years in a row and the kids loved it and some kids never have the opportunity to actually be in a parade right right so yeah no, I remember when I, they were building the floor here on site and the kids were pretty excited to, to get involved in it. So. Yeah, they were very excited. Good. Notice they all had T-shirts, too, that said um, Park of the Pines and they were red, white and blue tie dye. Yep. I think they purchased those in advance, knowing that they were going to do the parade. Some of the staff and some of the campers had made red, white and blue tutus. Nice. Yeah, it was a. A fun day was had by all, except for Bill, who had to except work. Except for the working, <laughs> the working people. I don't know. It was hot. It was a really hot day. And I did have fun taking pictures, and the pictures were great. But I was really happy to get back to the campgrounds, too, where yeah. it was quiet. <laughs> so once they got back to the campgrounds, too, though, the rest of their day, they went swimming. And they, I think they hung out at the beach pretty much the rest of the day and cooked out. Instead of eating in the dining hall, they cooked out down at the beach. 
and they um, were in and out of the water. And then they had s'mores and sparklers. And when you live on a lake in northern Michigan over the 4th of July, you don't have to go downtown to see the big official fireworks. Nope. Um, how many years ago did they legalize bigger fireworks in this state? I don't know. It hasn't been that long ago, but it seems like forever now because yeah. the fireworks start sometime in June and go through August, it seems like. I mean, they- the state has rules. They're really only supposed to, you can only let off the big size fireworks two days before a holiday, the holiday, and two days after. Right. I think that's how the rule is. Right. But, um, but they no were able to just to enforce that either. So. Yeah. Right. So they were able to those, the kids to hang out at the beach when it got dark and see fireworks going off all around the lake, hang out with their friends was, yeah. and, you know, cools down a little bit at night. It's beautiful. Yep. We went to bed. <laughs> yeah. Cause I had to go to work the next day. You had to go to work the next day. Poor you. Well, that was our last picture of that is related to the 4th of July. Um, we have promised that in our season two, we would end every podcast episode with um, an uplifting story, um, uh, something that would make you feel good. And usually I ask if you have a story and I don't really have a story, but we do come up with something. But today I thought about it ahead of time and I have a, I have a feel good story for you, Bill. And I have a picture that goes with it. So let's go to the next picture. I did not take this picture. I got permission from this young lad's mother to use this picture. Did you find it? Yeah. All right. What do you see in the picture? I see uh, a little baseball player and his grandpa. Great grandpa. Great grandpa. So the, we, these, this, I'm sorry, is our fr- good friend's um, son, Monty. And Monty is, how old is Monty? I think he's 11 11 or 12 um, he's in middle school yeah just starting middle school i think and he is an all-around sports fanatic he, he loves, loves to play sports, sports. yeah and he is a very competitive kid he's very competitive in everything in not just everything sports. like even when he's here at the campgrounds and he's in, playing gaga ball if you know what that is he is just competitive he's he plays to win he plays hard and but he puts a lot of time and effort into it too, practicing at home and yep. So um, I don't know if you were aware of this, but last week Monty hit his first home run out of the park. I'm reading that on the ball in this yes. picture because oh, yes, great grandpa is holding the ball. It says Monty's first home run, seven one two thousand and twenty one. So ball, yeah. yeah. So Monty hit his first home run out of the park and he was so excited, <laughs> but instead of keeping the game ball for his for himself, for his own memento, when he got home, he said he wanted to take it over to, he calls his great grandpa Poppy. I want to take this over and give my game ball to Poppy because he's the one who got me started in baseball. When he was, uh, according to Ruthie, when he was two years old, Poppy used to take Monty out in the yard and start playing catch with the with a baseball glove and Hmm. so he wanted he was so he was so proud of himself and he just wanted to pay tribute to great grandpa and i guess great grandpa couldn't have been prouder wow 
That's pretty sweet, eh? That's pretty sweet. That's yeah. a sweet story. <laughs> we have been to Monty, uh, a couple of Monty's baseball games, and great-grandpa and great-grandma are always there, front and center, watching yeah. those kids play ball. Yep. Well, great-grandpa was an umpire for Little League for a long, long time, so he's been involved in that for probably 40, 50 years. He takes it as seriously as Monty, <laughs> maybe yep. more. Yep. I think that great grandpa might be where the competition came from. I That is definitely where that com- competitive attitude comes from. Because yeah. I noticed when we watched uh, great grandpa Poppy watching the game, he's got a running commentary of what the kids could do to improve, not just his grandson either. It's no, every all the player. Kids. Every player. Well, if How their stance this, could improve. Yeah. Get that oh, elbow up. Get, yeah, yeah. Get that elbow up. Step in there. Yeah. Be ready. Yep. <laughs> or else he's saying, boy, that kid's got a good arm and he's going to, you know. <laughs> yeah. So great grandpa, I this just picture just makes my heart feel so warm because I mean, how many, there's got to be 75 years between the two of them. Yeah. Maybe I'm exaggerating. 70 years anyways. Probably 70. Yeah. And often you don't see kids that are that comfortable with older people. So that's sweet. Yep. Well, thank you for listening. We'll see you again in two weeks. We have a lot going on in between now and then. Our big event at the campground happens um, in this Starting next week. this weekend, yep. We'll have a full house at Park of the Pines, and so we'll be very busy. And who knows what we'll have to talk about when we come back in two weeks. It'd be interesting. Just never know. You but just yeah, never thanks know. again for listening in, and I hope you guys have a great day. Happy 4th. Happy 4th.